0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, JP Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by IronCompany.com. Today, we're going to discuss elite methodology for everyone. So, Marty, what do we mean by bringing elite methodology to everyone? What are you talking about?
1: Well, I was hoping you would have started with Jim today, but
0: I can start with Jim. Jim, what yeah, are we talking talk about Jim. here?
2: Well, when you're talking about elite, you're talking about there's certain techniques that we teach everybody that. Are from beginners, intermediates to advanced or elite, whatever that are all the same, right? Yeah. And I and I think that as you get to a certain point, uh those become more important, but they also change a little bit because I was just thinking about this earlier. If you've never like I, I was watching a YouTube video of this guy. He's all ripped. He's like 147 pounds, and you know he's never been 290 and squatted. You know, seven eight. So so and he's a strength coach. But how do you do it? How do you tell somebody to do it if you've never been there? I just have a, a problem with that. So I think there's, when it comes to us teaching stuff, we've been there so we can have a better view of the whole thing. You know you teach. know
0: what? I, I get what you're saying. The, the, the same holds true in my line of work. You know, I'm, I manufacture equipment. Uh, I'm a dealer for various brands. And I'm always talking about this. A lot of, you go to a trade show, like you go to the URSA yeah. trade show or whatever in San Diego every year, and most most of the people selling this stuff don't use it. I think there's a high value in being able to translate to your customer uh, how that rack feels or how that leg press feels and and you yeah. know how it you know how the different platform uh, platform sizes you can put your feet uh, up down uh, wide yeah. you know just just different things to to work yeah. in different areas of your legs and things like that. If you don't work out Uh, or even use the stuff that you're selling you can't describe all this to your customers so it's kind of the same thing
2: yeah and i think you know you know marty when we do the seminars like we're doing that one tomorrow i mean we're giving everybody exactly what we use with the special forces with the you know the the top power lifters in the world and athletes i think and then there's so you got those techniques and then you can have you know, it's it's the well Marty, what happens when I get to the fifth rep with this weight and my you know, and Marty's been there so many times and I've been there and you've been there, you can say, Well, this is what you really need to look for, this is what you need to do, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, right.
1: You need that's to important. quit you need to quit.
2: Yeah, you need to stop the set and go eat a burger.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah, code Jimmy, go.
2: No, you good? I mean is that is that a decent description?
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 it. And again, um what we figured out is that um, regular people can use elite methods, mm-hmm. right? Why would they, Why would they not? Right. One when thing about what, the good stuff one sure. thing about elite methods that we know is that they work, right? Because you know the the best guys use them and they get results from them. So what do we have to do to make them user friendly for normal people? Well, we got to mo- modulate the payload. That's for that's for doggone sure, keeping with our new cleanliness vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Uh, doggone sure. And uh, then the techniques, though, I mean, we, want, we still want the full range of motion, right, Jim? Yeah. We, yep. want, we want the pauses. We want all the, all the strategies that we use to make these lifts difficult. Also, a narrowed menu. We have a very narrow menu of exercises that we bother with. We don't lay, waste a lot of time on, I don't kickbacks. Hey, I
0: mean, let me ask you something. Um, is it easier to teach a newbie, so to speak, these techniques and tactics that you guys use on the elite? Yes. Or is it easier I, to I, use a seasoned guy that you have to kind of break down well, what he's doing because he's doing it wrong?
2: Well, I got some definite opinions on that one, man. Go, I mean, baby.
1: Go, 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 Jimmy. Go, go.
2: I want a blank slate. Blank slates are better, man. Yeah. Because there's no bad habits to break. Nope, right. You want an athletic athletic person, yep. but a blank slate. And they don't say, well, I or, or the, you don't have to break any bad habits. So so here's it. So, like, when I would get freshmen to come in, the guys, like the football players, they've been lifting a little bit, but most of them have been taught some technique that's not so great. Not, not all of them. But the women athletes who don't have a culture, like women's across, there's – or a softball, didn't have a coach, don't have a culture of lifting in high school or in their club teams, they learn right away and they don't have to break any bad habits. You know, so you can, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, that's the way to do it then. I know I need to do it that way. You know, you got a clean brain and a clean body to start everything. You know, and they're or, probably
0: much more open-minded to to all this too because they haven't, they haven't learned any other techniques from anybody else. Uh, I would imagine some people push back question, on it.
2: Oh, yeah, that, won't this hurt my back? No, here's yeah. why. Won't my knees no here's why and here's why you you know you and then and then you get a um, couple kids or adults that have tried these exercises oh but that hurts my fill in the blank and then you're like yeah well because you've done it wrong mm-hmm. let me show oh it doesn't hurt oh it doesn't hurt <laughs> right so then you can technique is that everything all the
1: time, yeah yeah and again uh everything in progressive resistance is techniques and tactics. Mm-hmm. Everything will fall into one of those two categories. So that's what we stress. First, we teach them the techniques. <clears throat> and in our core four—squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press—we have five variations, five sequential variations. That's what we're gonna. We're gonna go over two of the lifts tomorrow, and that's what we do. We go. Well, you start with this one. This is the and uh, the core. The core core technique is always the hardest. Right. It's like, what can we do to make this bench press maximally hard? You know, you know, and that's the core. And then the progression is actually you're making them easier. So in the squat, in a progression, you would actually end up with a slightly below parallel squat. Whereas up until that point, you've been squatting, uh, buttocks on heels. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the classic, below parallel squat that's actually a variation an easier variation on the the thematic techniques that we teach in the squat which are pretty complicated oh hey there's a wild dog a wild dog it's, uh, yeah that's... It's, uh, don't worry
2: about it it's all all culture it's all good
1: yeah say uh, uh we'll, we'll, we'll skip we'll be sure to edit that out so uh <laughs> So, yeah, techniques and tactics and moderate the payloads. And also we have techniques for, you know, we don't start people out low bar back squatting. You know, you you have it. There's a gradual way that we have folks that even that, that are afflicted. We even have um, methods that, that people that are out of shape can perform these very specific full range of motion techniques we use a suspension trainer which actually makes a person's body lighter Uh, a lot of a a lot of heavy people they don't have the strength to you know stand and sit with their own body weight so we have to make their body weight lighter Mm -hmm. we do do that using suspension trainer that works great uh little dumbbells we like to work do a lot of work with dumbbells right jim Yep.
2: Yeah. especially Marty, in when, as part of our leading up to the yeah, main ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. Great Marty, stuff. the
0: suspension trainer I've found um, it it not only assists you, but it also helps you with your form because you you know you want the vertical shins and all that, yep. and that's yep. kind of hard for some people. Yes. yes. Um. So this really yes. helps you get back, you know, back there where your shins need to be, and you know,
1: absolutely, and the goblet too, man. And yeah, and then the goblet. The goblet force actually forces you. And then what? A, what a, a logical transition to go from the goblet to the front squat. Yeah, right. The barbell front squat, right. Yeah. So it's like okay. So uh, anyway, not to get too too far out on on the the, we have highly specific techniques and tactically, uh, we're big believers in periodization. And again, if you know. Periodization can be so complicated. I mean, they write three hundred page books on periodization <laughs> tactics. Different, you know how you know uh, triple triple wave periodization. You, you know, Jim. I mean, you know, they were Like I said, they've got uh, the, the boys up in Penn State. What were those two guys up there that were uh, write? Will write all the periodization books. I can't. Oh, remember. was it Kramer? Oh, Kramer and. Um, Fleck, Fleck, yeah. and Fleck and Kramer, right? I mean, those guys were a periodization factory.
2: Yeah, and but was, you know was funny what Kramer told me personally.
1: Was he I'm the big? Man, he was, he a big, he was a the big guy, right? Thing
2: on uh hypertrophy uh a whole seminar mm. hour seminar. Mm. you know when i went to these, one of these clinics
1: right and i'm up. like
2: wow that was really great i you know i really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff he said yeah but let me tell you something arnold had it right man six sets of 12 i was like what? <laughs> he, he went that whole thing and it just goes to illustrate he could have just gotten up there and said yeah there's all this research and i'm telling you this is what we found out that works six sets of 12
1: right four for hypertrophy for for, yeah, for yeah, hypertrophy for, for you know, you know uh, standard. Uh, what, yeah, what, 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 exactly what are the example. top guys? Who was it? Was it you that was telling me? Somebody who in the know. Oh, I was talking to Ed Cohn, and he Ed was telling me, he said, Oh, yeah, I said the the big thing now is um, high rep partials. Mm. And you just pump and pump and pump and pump. And, you know, you might take some gruesome exercise like a hack squat. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And you never quite lock out. Right. And you never quite. Well, you might bottom out, you might get a little momentum off the bottom, but you never quite, and you just keep going and going and going. And then your buddies jump in and help you with four straps Mm -hmm. and then you're so swollen. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, that's what they want because it, it, you're literally inflaming the muscle. Yeah, is he talking about getting stronger or hypertrophy? No, or? just by this is, this is elite bodybuilders. IFB, this yeah. is what, yeah. what the what the IFBB guys yeah, are yeah. doing.
0: I would always like, do that. You know, I I, I do that a lot. Guess, at, yeah. at the um, end, I'll bust out uh, you know partial reps because I couldn't do another full rep anyway. At the end, by the time I'm done, and that'll really help burn. But I've never done it the whole way through a set.
1: You yeah, know, well. Uh, all uh, I- it- it's no good. I mean, I mean, it's it, you're you're in, literally inflaming a muscle, and by inflaming it, it makes it expand, right? But there's no concurrent strength increase. Yeah, right. it depends. Oh, so, here, here you go. Now I heard that. Yeah, that hesitation over there. All right, so here we go. Well, you
2: know, I think there is something to that constant tension. Now, if you're only going halfway, I don't see how you're going to get all the fibers.
1: Okay, but what's the, you say, what's the benefit? I mean, what are we talking here?
2: Oh, I think the time under tension is key to muscle growth. Growth. Yeah. For strength, I would lock out everything. If I I was mm. powerlifting, you know, I just think, you know, as many times you can get the barbell in your hand when you're trying to be a great bench presser, as many times as you can do it exactly how you do it in the competition I mean, I think that's a key for power because of the, the skill component. It is a skill.
1: Uh, I just know. Like I, I know. You're right. You're right on that. On yeah. the one hand. On the other hand, uh, you got to be able to recover.
0: But for hypertrophy, I mean, is it just strictly time under tension that matters, or is it the rep range in which you mix with time under tension that really well, it matters, all, right, right. or we don't know? You're,
1: you're not getting. You're not getting any time under tension doing singles, right? Right, right. You get time under tension by doing 30s.
2: Not always. I mean, you can... You oh,
1: know. here we go. go the
2: ahead. way we do goblets, you do a set of five <laughs> or six in goblets I with know. that slow descent. I know. That's a lot of time under tension.
1: And the grind coming up. Right. So it if, can be... if, we're, if we're in a bad mood, we go, and today, we're going to have everybody grind. Okay. So, go, oh. so, so, Jim,
0: for time under <laughs> yeah. tension... I get it. I, I, I look at that myself in my in my own training. But now is the thinking, is it a certain amount of time you want to go, and it doesn't matter the, the reps, the amount of reps, or what is yeah, it? Yeah, I
2: think it's around. I think it's around forty seconds. Or
1: I don't believe so. that. So there's stuff. a time
2: to it, huh? I haven't heard. No, that. No, there's
1: but, not a damn. Excuse but me. Here's, there's not but a but doggone time to it.
2: But here's the. <laughs> I think. I think that there's something to every rep range, so I don't think there's anything wrong with a power or a bodybuilder doing ten sets of two, you know, or for, you know working up to that all out set, or you know switching it
1: up constantly,
2: and you're hitting every type of.
1: You're talking about a bodybuilder in the off season. Yeah, of
2: course. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, wow. like, take Mike Francois for example. who's one of the most massive bodybuilders yeah, of all
1: time. Gigantic.
2: And he did a bunch of powerlifting stuff. And I was listening to an interview the other day. He's like, yeah, man, sometimes we're doing five sets of 20. Sometimes we're doing, you know, 20 sets of five. You know, he it just, right. you want everything covered. Everything covered.
1: Well, yeah.
2: Uh, I, it's a lot different. It's different. Yeah. So, how was anyway, Ronnie doing? Anyway, we're talking how about logging out. How was Coleman doing it, though? Did you lock was... out?
0: Now, he was lifting heavy, heavy, heavy all the time, and he primarily started as, what, a powerlifter, a competitive powerlifter, right? Most of those no, huge, massive really.
2: guys, yeah. Not really. Yeah, he competed a few Yeah, times. he competed early on.
1: I <laughs> didn't start out as a powerlifter. He was one of the nation's top drug-free bodybuilders.
2: Yeah, but before that, he was a powerlifter.
1: He did a few competitions. Okay, he was actually more of a football player. Well, NFL, well,
2: gambling, I think, I I think well, Arnold did the same thing. Then you, you know, yeah. Was... They, well, see, that's the thing. I mean, and we talk about having a base, and I've gone round and round with people. You know, our old our th- way of thinking, and mine still is: is there's something to those basic exercises that you do when you're playing football or powerlifting or whatever that contribute to this type of thickness that people I mean, who don't. Young. Spend a lot of time in squat, deadlift, press, bench, all that that they don't have. They don't no. have. You can tell in their physiques, and you can't. You can't. Physiologically, people will say, "Well, the deadlift doesn't even hit the back like a cable row." Man,
1: it's so hard on your. Oh, head. you it gotta stuff. be kidding me! I'd burn yeah, but- that person down. That's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. don't those don't those lifts the man, the the core three, the core four don't they stimulate the central nervous system and the the hormone tsunami and everything just so much more uh, uh, you know superior to
1: the other lifts if, if done heavy and the reps have to be relatively low you don't do deadlifts for sets of 12 yeah. i mean you can but it's, no, it's not. yeah it's not advisable i mean it's not really isn't uh these yeah. are uh, and again, we, anytime we say strength, you really have to think in terms of you have your absolute yeah. strength, you have your explosive strength, you have Sustain. your sustained yeah. strength. You know what I mean? You have to think, okay, what are we going for here? Yeah. Right. And then if you're talking about type, okay, you want to be athletic strong? You really don't want to be doing a lot of bodybuilding. That right. that that stuff is not you, applicable. You, you, you do your arms before you leave. There you go. Yeah, it's dessert. Okay. Yeah. Eat your meat and potatoes first. Right. Do your squats and your deadlifts and your power your an and, and your, of and your rows hours. and your, you know, and cut your teeth on that stuff, you know. And then if you have time and energy left over, sure, you know. Uh, I have great arms. Yeah. they didn't happen by magic, mm-hmm. right? I spent a lot of time in my arms as a kid. We dipped like crazy. We we read a couple of articles in, yeah. strength health, in strength and health, health magazine early on. First, John McCollum had a yeah uh, McCallum, he, right. He had a great article call that he called Vips, <clears throat> the squat for the upper body. Yeah, the upper body squat. Yep. Right, that got us going on that. And then, uh, <clears throat> Tommy Suggs used to do a kind of a behind the scenes column, and he used to talk about how. All the York lifters, their presses, the Olympic overhead presses is gone, had all gone up because they found out that the great uh, Soviet 181-pounder, Lomkin, L-O-M-K-I-N, mm-hmm. 340 at 180, you know, that he was doing a lot of dips. So all the York guys started doing dips. So it's like, mm, well, we're going to start doing dips if the York guy's just doing dips and if a column's telling us to do right. dips. And we didn't have a dip apparatus in my basement, so we set a stepladder up with a certain amount of two-by-fours on top of the stepladder next to the stairway leading Ah. down into the basement. Ah. So we had one step equal to the stepladder. You'd step on the stepladder and then step off. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, it turned out to be really fortuitous because by forcing my hands sideways, instead of you know, in a classic dip, your hands are oh, front so You're and doing back. a neutral grip. You're doing neutral grip. Yeah, I'm doing like like I was benching or like I was dumbbell benching or like I was overhead pressing, and that little change mm-hmm. made those dips so applicable for my overhead pressing. I said oh, I said I said an age group national record in pressing when I was seventeen. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that great, that man. that worked great, but again. This is the kind of stuff that we would do at the end of, right, a savage session. Now we would train three times a week doing the whole body. Now I train once a week doing the whole body. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, an old guy. <clears throat> I think that there's uh, in between. I think it should all. I don't think there's one that sweeps everything else off the table. I think you rotate them. I think. I think training once a week is going to get old for me, and then I'm going to go back to training a lot of times a week lighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, why not? You know? But this is a valid arrow for the quiver. Don't tell me that once a week training doesn't work. Uh, we've got too many examples that it does work. Sure. But it doesn't mean that it's the end all, be all. Only do this, or you can't be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right now but i'm just saying uh what a great strategy to have in your hip pocket particularly if you're pushed for time or life's not cooperating or you're deployed in wherever botswana you know (laughs) right (laughs) I mean, you you know and, and you know you just life is so you got one day a week and most people go well if i got one day a week i quit it's not worth training it's like no dude yeah no, no, no. no. Yeah, you, really you can, can make, get good results. You can make the strength gains of your life if you handle this right. Yeah. But each week you gotta step up. Each week you gotta step up. That's what we're talking about periodization. That's the tactical. Now we swing from the technical, um, from the techniques into the tactics. And we have very simple simplistic, simple Simon uh, programming. You know, we start with with core periodization. Take twelve weeks or ten weeks, and start—I don't know what—Jim, five, ten percent below your capacity. Yeah, you start a little bit below. Yeah, get, get, a, get a running start. ingrain okay. the new techniques. Do everything super deep, super strict. Lighten the weights up. You know, dare to be weak. You know, all this great. Correct- That's what I'm going to put on my bumper sticker: Dare to be weak. Mm. Right, I don't think you'd have a problem with that in America right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, but you get a you get a running start, and then you hit it. But we don't just strength train. See, that's the other thing. It's you can't just strength train and you know transform your life. You'll do better. But I mean, we have a cardiovascular element, a nutritional element a brain train element you know there's these four disparate disciplines that we incorporate and they're all working simultaneously
2: yeah and they're all they're all added you know into that mix for your to reach your goals and the funny thing is and i had a kid last night who had a bad night squatting well he's been getting crazy stronger every week. And I was like, okay,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here's the
2: deal. Here's the deal. Now when you get to this point, you have to figure out, and I've done this a million times with myself. You have all these things that you have to look at in order to make yourself stronger. Sleep being number one, nutrition, you know, your stress level, you know, all this stuff. I said, now you can be average and you'll go up a little bit at a time. Or you can take care of all of these factors that are involved. Your your technique is fine. Now you want to set yourself apart. Now you want to get really strong. I got to sleep this much. I have to eat this much protein. I have to you know you have to go down the list in order to to get. You know, nobody's ever how been, old you know squatting eight nine hundred pounds or doing how, stuff great.
1: How, if they have how old? How old?
2: Uh, he's a freshman in high school.
1: So what are we talking? Fifteen? Uh, yes, fifteen. Yeah, easy. Son, you got to get bigger.
2: That's right, baby. Pasta and beef, man,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and squats and overhead nope. presses and power cleans and nope. deadlifts yeah. and bench presses and curls for the girls and let's go. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, man. But you got to turn yourself into a monster. You're not. You're not. You know, at at whatever 5'7 and one forty eight. You know, you're. You know, no. Right. You know, no. I never had anybody. Telling me that, man. Until I read McCollum about eat big to get big. Uh, now you know the difference in the generation. I never had anybody not telling me. See, what the hell. You were not yeah. the
0: ripped generation, though.
1: No, we were the right.
0: I was tuna and water so, and, and yeah. getting weaker.
2: And my yeah. buddy Carlo was you, eating uh, you, steak and milk and rice yeah. and pasta were you, getting, you were not the mass.
0: Instagram generation.
1: <laughs> what is now, Instagram? Oh, You're having a party.
2: You're
0: on
1: Instagram. What am I? <laughs>
2: yes, yeah. you are.
1: Not, not from my knowledge. You
2: but, are. It's good. You, you do a good job. Buddy. Somebody's but, doing it for me. Yeah, it's Stacy. <laughs>
0: but we so, know. It's, <laughs> so what? What you're saying is people are not. Um, they're not eating big to get big now. They want to stay sliced and diced with with the uh, the core and the nice abs. And they're going on Instagram and putting ab shots yeah. on there i don't yeah. think so it's different
2: well i think that you know there's just a lot of factors involved and then we you know we try to cover all those factors with this elite
1: methodology do the uh, is, is excuse me is, yeah i better not say that what 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 no,
0: no let me ask you this
1: do the elite
0: power lifters of today have much better physiques than back when you were uh you were coaching yeah. Kirk and, and all these guys. I don't making... know.
1: I, I don't look at the elite yeah, power to though, today. I don't. I don't. I don't know what's. I have no clue what's. You going don't on really out.
0: follow it today too much. No man.
1: I've been off the scene since uh, you know
2: 1999.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and um, they could be great out there. I don't know. Still, God bless JP,
2: JP, is yeah. that they're all over the place, so you don't see all the best lifters that w- in one place like you used to, man. You know, you got the. Every uh, alphabet federation out there, you got no idea who's you know where the greatest guys are. Now, there are some big dudes out there, but I think overall, besides the fact that they were all (laughs) in one place, those guys like Cash and Roger, uh, Step, and they looked really different,
1: man. They they were like, you know, why Jimmy? Tell me why they bore the weight. They bore the, the weight. Yeah, yes, they didn't have the monoliths lifts or yes, the gear. They or... Had, yes, they had gear, but the gear was so pathetic. Yeah, the well, gear that's... was so lame. I mean, you put on a suit and you might get—I don't know—forty pounds, fifty Short pounds. Yeah. yeah, I mean those things were worthless. You put on these those knee wraps back then, you might get—I don't know—so you're putting on all your gear and you're—I don't know—maybe yeah. get a hundred pounds out of it. Tell yeah. the truth, man.
2: Tell the truth. You could slide your hand up Kirk's suit, like on the thigh. That's how loose it was.
1: Oh yeah, because he said, "I you don't know. like tight." He said, "I don't like tight. forward." Yeah, let me finish. He said, "He said I don't like tight stuff." Yeah, it pulls him forward. I remember <laughs> telling me that.
2: <laughs> okay. And meanwhile, okay. I'm hanging from the power rack to put my suit on. <laughs>
1: Uh, it used to take four guys to put Mark Demidokk into yeah, his squat.
2: Squeeze in there like a sausage, man.
1: He you. would get into that thing, and his face would turn purple. Yeah,
2: and and, and Marty, you've said before
0: that the biggest problem with uh, these suits, the way they are now, on on the bench, they can't even get it down like seven hundred pounds. They can't even bring down to
2: their chest. It's so tight, right? Yeah,
0: I yeah. think
2: that's it's almost that's almost like a different sport now. I, you know the a uh, quote-unquote raw. No,
1: it's is, not a sport. Is, it's not a sport, Jimmy. It's strength right. entertainment.
2: It's huge now. The raw, strength the raw lifters far outnumber outnumber the uh, equipped lifters. It's a pain in the ass doing all that stuff, man.
1: Well, plus yeah. it's 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 a joke. I mean, if if you put on a a bench shirt and you know you can bench three hundred, and you put on a bench shirt and you can bench four fifty. Yeah, at least. Come on. Uh, really?
2: Let me tell you something. I'll tell you something. I talked to a famous powerlifting coach one time, and I said, uh, He said, What's your squat right now? And I said, 820. And he said, Man, you can squat 1,000 today with, with my yeah. suit. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I didn't say it because it would be disrespectful, but I'm thinking, I don't want to do that, man. <laughs> I don't want to. And do really, that. what is the point of it? I don't
1: know. It's sedu- no, we do. We know exactly. Uh, it's the seduction strength. of male ego. Because if I know, a, I know a, I have an acquaintance who is able to raw bench press 405. Okay. He put the shirt on, he can bench 600. 600. Guess what he tells everybody he can bench? 600. 600. Okay. That's the whole well, thing right there, brother. That's and, right. You know, the ego, we do, let's the, do the math. The ego let's is a powerful math. thing. Is that, is, is that not what is that leap there? If you bench yeah. four hundred without and six hundred with, that is a fifty percent increase, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you if you are a high school sprinter who runs a decent eleven second hundred meter dash, you put on the magic shoes and get a fifty percent increase and you're running the hundred meter in six seconds. Right. They'd ban those shoes so freaking fast your head would spin. Hey, you
0: just wrote a really good article on that. We're gonna I write a lot of
1: explain. good articles, baby. A- Every yeah, week I, I write do. a That's good article. That's why everybody's tuned in. That's right. You got the magic touch. No, I'm eternally, eternally upset. I'm eternally upset. I didn't see an article about equipment. Uh, well, you know you got to pay attention more, You generally. got to tune you in, dude.
2: Better. No, it's coming up powerlifting needs the jihad you don't need to improve on that one
0: no one of
1: one of the one of marty's <laughs> best articles was like 1978
2: dude i remember everything i remember everything <laughs> one,
0: one of marty's best articles and you go go to ironcompany.com go to the top where it says uh articles click on there is how let's see what was it called marty how crossfit
1: yeah uh, that's i can't remember that um, about the magic and the magical, magical shoes, shoes. and yeah, maybe yeah pill that Pull that let's rerun that. Pull that one up. That's what I'm saying, Jim. It's uh, like, but
2: don't, it's, don't disconnect us, JP. Don't disconnect us while you're pulling no, it not up. Not right now, yeah.
1: I'm
0: trying not to. Oh, how CrossFit saved powerlifting from the magical shoes.
1: Let's uh, can you repost that? I'll repost it because it's yeah, 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 exactly
0: yeah. what we're talking about now. It's like, uh, um, it's relevant. You talk about how powerlifting you know takes on well, the
1: insurance. They, they used to always throw in our face, Jim. The argument is like, like stuff like, oh, don't uh, uh, don't take a knife to a gunfight. What was the other one? Uh, oh, well, well, it's like, know, like pole vaulting. You know, you still use wooden poles. Yeah, you've got to keep up with the technology. And it's like, yeah, well, let me tell you something, buddy. If you invented a pole that the current 19 guys were to, be, were to be swung 52 feet into the air, <laughs> <laughs> that thing would be banned so fast. It'd be like, "Are you? You got to be kidding!" like, like I kid. said, you got a high school kid who can beat Usain Bolt.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think those are two different animals. You, you know what?
0: Do you remember? I sent out a newsletter, and we've got thousands of people on our newsletter. And we, I, I liked this article so much. How CrossFit Power powerlifting from the the magical shoes. We had some people in there from. I won't say the federation. I don't remember anyway, remember it but you say a lot of stuff about the, the bench shirt and you're no fan yep, of the bench shirt. Right. Yeah. And we got some scathing, uh, emails yeah. back that's on this article right. because people are so passionate about this damn bench shirt and all the gear and all that stuff.
1: Yep. So they're, they're, they're attached to saying I have a 600 pound bench. <laughs> and so you really stirred and, it up. And with all, that. All, and you know, it's very simple. Boys take them off and let's see what you can do yeah and they never want to take me up on that gym Mm. no one ever because you know they say, well you know i bench 800 and i said great let's take that thing off and see what that converts to because they all think it's like well i can do 650 and i'm like no you can do like five you can do you can do 485 you Mm -hmm. said the world record
0: bench right now is exceeding the world record deadlift right
1: It's over 1100 (laughs) pounds. The bench press record, Jim. The bench press record.
2: Come on. Here's the thing. It should should just be separate.
1: Jimmy, the most any human has ever bench pressed raw is 745. Very recently, the guy is a thud. He's a giant. He's this big, giant guy. And it's like, yeah. But guess what? The guy who benches 745 raw. Ain't the same guy who benched the 1102 with shirt.
2: Oh, no, I know,
1: right? they should, You know, they should separate different physiques. And baby. most of these you guys, look, Marty, you look at the guy with the 745 bench, and you go, Oh, yeah, I can tell why that guy can do well. It.
0: James Hollywood Henderson is a guy that probably benched over well, 700 this, more times than anybody, but okay. yes, he did, this and guy he made. is very anti shirt.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he what talks about on? it in yeah. his
0: videos. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, yeah. So you can go through James before you come beat me up. Yeah.
0: Imagine <laughs> if he put a shirt on, huh?
1: What do oh, come you get on, another, man! Another three hundred pounds. You know, why, why don't we just step, JP? Why don't we just stab ourselves in the eye with a you know, yeah. a knitting needle?
0: No, okay? I listen. For the guys that want to do
1: that, you more power it's to a, them. But James Hollywood Henderson put on a bench shirt. Come on, man.
0: Oh, I'm just saying, he never would, but I'm just saying, what would that add, like three or 400 pounds?
1: That's terrible.
0: I don't even talk about like that. And it wouldn't mean anything, though. It wouldn't mean
1: anything. And, and you're just sitting there like a deaf mute.
2: Man, I've been listening. <laughs> I, try, I try to interject. Listen, <laughs> Listen here's the deal. Jim's thinking about
0: his new 10-ply bench shirt that he just ordered <laughs> from Amazon. Separate. It should be separate. It it's going to be there. I, no, I got it the shouldn't. tracking for you, Jim. It'll no, be there
1: tomorrow. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be it <laughs> No, it should you, just die. It should just you should just it them do whatever it, they and want. Die. Well, I and don't care you if they do it. it. But
2: let's just, just, just say, with my canvas triple ply, I did this. And then with you know a T-shirt on, I did this.
1: Yeah, I was, they, had, they, have, they had a guy yeah. in the early 2000s who in the 220-pound clip. And I've
2: been talking.
1: Benched 875. <laughs> That was like, that was like more than, that was like close to what Cone deadlifted. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh my God. I I, I don't think the guy, I mean, a great bench at 220 is 550 raw. Yeah. And if that guy could do 550 raw, I would be, I'd be appreciative. Yeah. But I don't know that he could. I tell you it's what, I got a problem the other thing with the shirt is that they, that they never lock them out. They never lock them mm. totally out because they can't. It's too heavy.
2: You know what I got a problem with? <laughs> Guys saying they do the world record deadlift
1: and they're using straps and they're hitching. They're not. That's and not no the world record no deadlift with straps <laughs> and the bendy bar. Yeah,
2: you can't. With. You can't do it with straps and, and no. say it's the world record, man. No. You
1: yes, can't you can. Say, And Arnold's right there next to him cheering, yes, yes, in the all-time world record. What federation allows straps? The professional, they call it, we're professional federation. We're professional strongmen.
2: Yeah, I don't like the straps, man. I mean, the training tool, yes, as a competition. Then it's not the deadlift. The grip is a huge part of the whole thing.
1: Exactly.
2: Dude, how much could Kirk deadlift with straps? I mean, how much could I? I mean, all of us
1: about like uh, Gillingham
2: with
0: his hook hook grip, huh?
2: Oh he would yeah, dude Brad would be in a thousand, he'd be a thousand with straps oh, easy. Yeah. And it's prime. Yeah.
1: But again, all this stuff is designed to make lifting easier. Right. Right? That's the whole trend. What can we do to make it easier? Whereas we're like Okay, like we started the conversation. Look at the basiques of the early power pioneers i would say up through the 90s and because the, the the gear and the equipment was so minimal those guys were rocked out mm-hmm. and their raw lifts and that was the thing in the off season when we weren't preparing for a competition everybody lifted i mean uh cone lifted without a belt right i mean we want raw raw
2: well, that's what you want to do until you have to put it
1: on. Yeah. And then, because then when you do, it means something. It adds so much when you never wear it. Even a belt. Kirk would jump. Kirk was crazy. He would jump from like with out of belt. I don't know. Let's say seven fifty for five or mm-hmm. 700 for five. And then he put a belt on and jump to 800 for five. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd go out without a belt and do whatever, you know, 600 for three and put a belt on and do 605 for three. Uh, it added probably 40 pounds to me. 40, I yeah, would, his, I would, um, because his, I was an upright person. Yeah. Know,
0: Kirk's, Kirk's got that great video, the 800 for five. All he's got yeah. is a belt.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's right. That's, uh, yeah, that's the greatest squat video ever right there, agreed. That's, that's agreed, agreed, agreed. So getting back to the elite and the normal people and all that, it's like, yes, the strategies, uh, are identical. The, the programming is identical, The the, the actual exercises, there's some variations depending upon the fitness or unfitness of the, the individual, right? You know, we're obviously, we're going to use different tactics for an elite, uh, lifter or military person than we are for, a uh, beginner but we can handle both and we get super results my wife works with um, older people <clears throat> kind of out of shape and, and looking to retain function later into life and you know and she, she makes them stronger and it's very easy uh, and she's using these same minimalistic techniques but she uses the suspension trainer and it's uh, incredible how quick strength is the quickest to bring up. If you're dealing with a truly weak person and you introduce them to good techniques and uh, you, you work with them, you can bring them up. Oh my God. You, you can bring up a, an untrained person, a hundred percent within uh, two months. And that's how
2: you get them hooked too. They're just loving.
1: Uh, all of a sudden they're powering through life. And, and Instead Marty, kind of light beating them down, you know, they're like, yeah, give me those groceries. I can carry those groceries up oh, steps. So Marty, right?
0: these these untrained guys that you're bringing in, because, um, and one of the things that sparked this particular podcast is you just had, uh, three new guys that I guess that you never met, uh, a few weeks ago. But these new guys yep. that you're, you guys are bringing into the pole barn down there, are they breaking PRs every week? Um,
1: do you uh, demand
0: that of them? Or do no, they just do it demand,
1: I mean, you've got me like I'm um, some sort of a Nazi commandant sitting there with a whip, hey, and you said it I did Jack boots, you know. No, it's not like that. But they uh, first off, you have to remember they're using our techniques. Right. So they're being placed when when you're suddenly introduced to the correct way to squat you're going to be weak. Right. You you haven't been in, you haven't been in, in in those body positions before Mm -hmm. you haven't been forced to use that kind of, that kind of depth. And we might make you pause at the bottom. You know, we might make you use grind speed coming erect. you know, uh, tension on the negative, all these things that that, that make individual reps harder. Uh And if you're new to this, you're just not going to have much leverage. But that's okay, right? Because, again, this is the blank slate yeah, that we talked about. Practice. We'd rather have the blank slate. Yeah. Oh, You know, I was thinking about the blank slate, Jimmy. I think one of the best slash worst examples we ever saw is remember when we were in dam's neck with the boys. Mm. And... Uh, the command as squad leader had indicated that what had he done? <laughs> fifty-two reps with what? what oh it? yeah, yeah. Oh, He was doing that every week. Four fifty-five or something. Yeah, crazy. he was doing that every week. I, I said, but I mean, and they, uh, he would do sets. I, I mean, yeah. it wasn't like one set of fifty-two. Oh no,
2: man, he was, his volume was
1: off the charts. But whatever it took to get to fifty-two reps, and I said. Adam, I said, Adam, why, why 52, why not 51 or 53? He said, it's just a good, it's just a, it's just a good number, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, baby. <Yeah. laughs> and so then when we had him max out in the deadlift and he's mm-hmm. like, and so he goes up and he uses the most, he looked like a, a Chesapeake Bay blue crab that deadlifting. Wouldn't you agree, Jim? I don't know if I should agree with this. And he stood up with These like, he stood form. up with 585, mm-hmm. right? He's like standing there going, how's that look? And I said, I said, that is the worst deadlift uh, technique I've ever Dude, seen. In I life. had to look
2: away. I, I had to look away. Because it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Tell the truth, man. When you get around some dudes, man, it doesn't matter what you say. That alpha, crazy dog mentality. It didn't matter if we were like, don't round your back. Listen, please drop 50 pounds and don't. <laughs>
0: All right. So so this particular guy. No,
1: wait, but let me finish the story, because then he turned to me and he said, well, are you going to straighten me out? I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, I, I said and he, now this is a uh, what, 42 year old guy with 15 combat tours. I said, no, nah. I said, you're frozen, brother. I yeah. said, you're doing great. I said, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh you're not gonna hurt yourself because uh, you've uh you've bulletproofed yourself with this yeah. crazed technique. Yeah. And then and then from the background, as he's pulling this five eighty five, we got a Scottish guy with the British Special Boat <laughs> Service, and he goes, Oh, he says Adam looks like a crazed cat when he's a dead scared cat, a
2: scared
1: cat. <laughs> When he's deadlifting.
2: Well, that's because he had said to the Scottish guy, Hey, didn't we win the war or something? <laughs> and then he was like, At least I don't look like a scared cat. When and, I he,
1: and he finishes the lift and he turns to me and he said, Straighten me out. And I said, yeah. Oh my God, I don't know where to begin.
0: Did you straighten him yeah. out?
1: <laughs> no, I think mean, you're done, brother. Just so,
0: keep doing what you're so doing. So, if you would have straightened him out, how much do you think you could go I, I to would, add to that? No, method?
1: I would. I would have to. I would have to get in the time machine and go back eleven years. Yeah, it's to just too big of a project. You know, a straight, huh? Straighten a guy out like that.
0: <laughs> straighten me out?
1: No, 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 no. He's your <laughs> with you're, your magical powers. It, it, it's baked in. He's straight. <laughs> you're done, brother. Yeah, and that would be oh, tough to break and he's pulling 600 leave him alone he's doing 600 come on and no can with that. oh my god but again these are uh, uh, genetic this is the peak of the of the pyramid
0: let me ask you yeah. something when when you start with these new guys you implement your techniques and tactics and and you get them going you 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 get this great form and technique ingrained into these guys and they're on their way. now assuming they haven't lifted before, anybody even if you're lifting wrong and, and deadlifting like a like a scared cat, I guess you make phenomenal gains at first. So I would imagine using your techniques and tactics you're gonna you're gonna exceed that because you're doing it the right way. but on the new guys, when does when do the gains kind of start to taper off? Um, is there, is it usually eight or 10 or 12 weeks? Because at that point you have to go, okay, we're tapering it could, off.
1: It should be your It's individual. It's individual. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Really? I, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we got guys that have been working with me and Kirk now. And I think we're in the, our fifth year out at Don's barn. We got guys that haven't stopped making progress. Donald Blake Berry. Yeah. Donald yeah. Blake Berry. At Mm -hmm. the at the, what's his nickname, Marty? What do you call him? Bubbles. (laughs) You guys, you guys need. Why do you call him Bubbles? Because you guys need to look at Trailer Park Boys. Pull up on (laughs) YouTube. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. uh, Don's Bubbles. Uh Kirk. Kirk is Ricky, and I'm Julian.
2: Ricky is the one who drinks all the time with the mustache.
1: You'll have to go back and look it up. All um, right. Keep in mind. A Canadian, but, I don't get it. Uh, that's right. He's, I mean, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't he's, get it. Of he's describing the uh because you know why you don't get it, Jimmy? Why? You know, same thing. Because you're always so out in the woods. I showed, yeah, I showed it to Kirk when Kirk came up, and I showed Kirk the uh the funniest. I mean, it was rolling the floor, trailer park boys, and Kirk's like, yeah. I don't get it. What's so funny? <laughs>
2: So we're saying that and I'm like
1: <laughs> uh, a little too close to home. Now, yeah. right
2: away, when when they're from Canada, I go, "Oh, they don't know how we live."
1: Uh, well, you should I look these look guys that. up because they're they're right from um, Waldorf.
2: Come on,
1: yeah, baby. I'm telling you, anyway. Yeah, now, you know, you're so behind. You don't even know Trailer Park Boys. This like I know
2: Trailer Park Boys. I know. You don't. I know. I like the Bear by Fall. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen now. Listen now. <laughs> did I read the Russian guys? I read I read Sportsman's yeah. Notebook. Still still my
1: favorite. Yeah. You know. Getting, and you're getting to me. It's just going to you, be, be 80. Did you, read, in, um, did you read the Singers? No. That's my favorite. See if you can find the Singers. That's in the Sportsman's Notebook by Tujenov. That's my favorite.
2: Oh, oh. Well, I read the all singers. I yeah,
1: yeah, the them. Yeah, yeah. See if you can, look, look the Singers back up again. I okay. think that's my favorite. Okay. Uh, and you had... You had some good books. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're now. doing oh, book I'm reviews? Fine. No, no, no. I'm, We're not I'm no worried, training man. yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm leave sorry. The, leave I'm the book stuff till after. Let's, yeah, let's get through. All
2: right, go
1: We're writers. He's a writer. I'm a writer.
2: <laughs>
1: well, let me you're ask you. You're a Texan. Well, Almost. soon.
2: Can't wait. Yeah, but you know what? If he was from Maryland and he moved. He, he is from Maryland. But let's say somebody not from Maryland
1: yeah, he is came, from Maryland. Came to Maryland. He never, you're from Maryland.
2: Never be from Maryland, though. No. Not JP. I'm saying, if you move there, you're never from
1: there. Mm, no, yeah, but he yeah, has the fair. values. He's he, yeah. You'll fit right in, brother. Now Maryland, right, we'll I've wait. got
0: I've got a lot of uh, I've got a lot of family over there that comes from that way. I told you, my great grandfather yeah. was was mayor of the town out there. Uh, yeah, over I know. by well, I you know, like exactly. time he's got, the guy.
1: He's, he's got. He's got pictures of his uncle, the mayor, in a bar with a horse. No, that's see, my I,
0: grandfather.
1: That, that was... Oh, man. I'm sorry. Excuse that's me. my
2: grandfather.
0: 1947.
2: Dude, I, want to, I want to see that picture. I want to see that picture. But, you know, JP, you can tell you've been in California a while because you're like a real sensitive guy. You know what I mean? Like, Marty I mean, and I are real sensitive. <laughs>
0: Working with you guys, I mean, tears anybody down. You know?
1: <laughs> hey. That's just a, That's
0: just an illusion that I'm more sensitive. Hey, it's pop- just I'm hey, trying pop- to
1: deflect hey, you I, guys. I important to talk like my wife, okay? Come on. Oh, geez. Sensitive. What, Sensitive. what about, inten-
0: <laughs> hey, what about, uh,
1: okay, we've talked about Keep
0: techniques and tactics. Practice. Yeah. Uh, what about intensity, though, for for new people that uh, you bring on? I mean, are you just having them, you know, do you work into the intensity or no, is it full intensity no, right away? No,
1: they got to go. They got to go to the, there's no point in doing resistance no training. no easing into it. Yeah, I mean, you either and but we can we can take you to and past your limits safely. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a you know, this isn't boot camp where they go in and just beat (laughs) the tar out of it. So they left this
2: bread and water,
1: (laughs) you you know, it's so ridiculous. Right. So no, we uh, we ease them in, but they have to there's no hypertrophy if there's no effort. If there's no Herculean effort, why would the body change itself? That's the mistake everybody makes. They baby, they baby beginners, and we don't beat them up. But it's just like you can take somebody to the edge of their capacity. All that means is for right now, if you're showing them a bench press with the lightest possible weight, you want to be able to do five and not be able to do a sixth. It ain't the end of the world. It's not like a catastrophe, right? But that's how you take it to the edge. Or if they're doing a a, a no weight squat, just their body weight and a suspension trainer, well, maybe they get, you know, four or five reps, and, you know, but that's all they have. They can't do another one. Great.
0: Well, you know, you've you've talked about, you've talked about, uh, you know, putting 600 pound benchers on the cross core and just having them grind it out, and they'll grind out their own. Uh, body weight and fail within yeah. what 10 12 reps?
1: Oh, no, uh, less less than 10.
0: Yeah, but that's cool. an example of the right well, uh, tactics. Let me tell you that, that slowed speed, that,
1: that slowed negative, and that slowed grind is what gets them.
2: Yeah,
1: they're used yeah. to exploding, right? They're used yeah. to the the, the tension on the negative but then bang hit it on the. but 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 that's a great example that's a 600
0: pound bencher you're burning these guys down with their own body weight no other weight within eight reps
1: yeah it would be similar to like if you had them do like a a very narrow grip push-up you know like where you put your fingers in a triangle Mm -hmm. the heavier the heavier you are the harder that is But, you know, the greatest
0: thing about that, about training like that, because I train like that quite a bit, is you greatly reduce the risk of injury on your joints and on just everything. And, I mean, you just feel so good. And, to me, you're incorporating more muscle fiber because when you come down with a bench and you pause and you don't explode going up, you just start out slow and you just push it up. Man, you're incorporating just all of your pec.
2: You know – you're right about intensity. It's huge, and I tell you one thing that I've come to realize is you need to tell people when they're starting off how much focus is needed when you're in the weight room, you know. Uh, and it, and it comes from not you actually doing the set, you spotting for your partner, you're changing weights, you're saying, you know, what do you got next? You're you're totally immersed in, in this the morning. zone.
1: Yes, and you're not and texting, or you're not taking messages, or you're yeah. not communicating with the outside.
2: Yeah, it means – I don't know, man. I always had partners who it meant just as much to them as it did to me if I got my reps or not. Uh, uh,
1: otherwise, we wouldn't train with them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like people need to be told that now. Listen, first of all, number one, it's a very dangerous place to be if you're fuck, if you're fooling yeah. around. And number two is if you want to make great gains, you won't be able to summate that intensity that you need unless you're hyper-focused on what you're doing
1: you know uh it, help, it helps to train in front of a bunch of other guys
2: i think it's our duty to pass that down man because i don't think it's as prevalent now it's our duty you know to say look huh? where are you going your partner's gonna do his set and what are you do what you're sitting down not even facing the squat rack when your partner's squatted you're looking at your phone come on right. man!
1: or they're yeah. having they're having a fevered conversation
2: yeah, it's it's uh,
1: blah blah blah, and the guy's lifting and it's he's going for a PR, and it's like, shut up. Yeah, he yeah. had respect for you when you were out right. here, right? You don't have respect for him if you want to talk, go outside, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I've seen though in the gym is the lack of intensity i mean i think a lot of people need schooled on intensity and i think a lot of people don't realize or maybe they do and they're just being lazy but when you go in the gym you bust out a lightweight your form is crap and everything and you you set it down at at 20 reps and you didn't even break a sweat they'll do that over and over and over again i see people coming in the gym for years they don't make any change and it's just i i would like to pick their brain and go okay (laughs) <laughs> What's your why goal? Now, why are you, here?
2: No, why are you, you here? Seriously, why are you here? And
0: Jim, we've talked about it before. We never go up to somebody and say, "Hey, you're doing that wrong." You know, no. people take that all wrong Uh-oh. sometimes, right? They're like, "Well, who the hell are you?" You know. So I don't want to do that. I'm not going to bother anybody. But you just kind—I always wonder—is that intentional? The the lack of intensity. Do they think they're doing something? Because um, there's nothing there, and it's like no, I don't I know. know.
1: Very straight. May I I interject? Yeah. Interject. Who cares?
2: (laughs) I figured that was coming. You know. Um,
1: Honestly. I'm going to make you a t-shirt that says who cares. If you're not motivated. Perfect.
2: JP, when you go
1: to
2: Texas, do you know where you're going to train, JP? In Texas? Yeah, you
0: know, um, now Marty and I went to a lifetime fitness one time out in
2: Virginia. Come
1: on, man. Come on, man. Hey, you got... Flex is down there.
0: Well, wait you a minute. I your have your a own. defense. You need wait to wait a minute up a
1: super gym. You've got. I know you've got a gigantic new garage.
0: Listen, the only you, I I, tr- I train, train
1: very. A Jimmy, he's an equipment. I, I don't have he enough. Could, he could trick out. I don't have enough room in my garage.
0: But oh. the reason I'm going to go out there is God, they're the only gym out, that's building. they're the only gym that's open like 24 hours. You know, and I go that's in right. early in the morning. Oh.
2: You're going to be, where are you going to be Dallas?
0: Yeah. we that area.
2: Yeah. Well, when I, I was at a clinic in Fort worth, man. And when I went to Metroflex, let me tell you something, man, there's some people in there working. I was amazed, man. People are getting after it. It's like, it's like a trip back in time.
0: That yeah. is what I prefer. You know, that's where Ronnie Coleman's from, ring. we got one over here, but
2: there's a boxing, yeah. there's a boxing ring. You know, you got to go to that place. Yeah. Well, that's what I would way prefer.
1: But. yeah that's like going, that's like going to a good barbecue shack
2: or a good bar uh,
1: or a good, or bar. good bar yeah or a good bar yeah. yeah 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 for sure but it's like a a a trip an adventure um yeah there are a few of those hardcore places left that place is not even air conditioned right
2: yeah so now there's you know they're they franchised and the the one in Fort Worth is just like the one you know the original just dank and dismal and people getting after it man.
0: Yeah, you know good. where I, I just went, we did a photo shoot out in uh Torrance, California. It's called Dave Fisher's Powerhouse
1: Gym. Uh-huh.
0: Amazing, I like probably. that I he yeah. he comes in know. daily and I met him, he came in, we talked and all that. That is the kind of place
1: does Dave, does Dave still have great hair.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it wasn't too bad. Dave, now that Dave you mention has, it. Dave had perfect certainly hair. better than mine. Um Beautiful and Jim's. <laughs> yeah. Um and, but
1: and said my hair was my best body part. Yeah. Well,
0: that I mean, is the, that is the type of place I like it where it's owner operated. The guy comes in and trains, you know, Dave's a bodybuilder and yeah. he uses all this stuff. He knows when the stuff is loose and broken and all that. You don't get that at a big corporate gym a lot of times. So
1: anyway, so, so if have
2: a Metro body part. Metro flex near you and it's 24 hours. You're going to go there, right?
0: I would absolutely go there,
2: yeah, you may have to bring your own towel I know you have a towel
0: I'm gonna bring several. I, I'm gonna bring five hey, no I'm not hey, gonna bring five hey. towels because they'll go oh yeah. that guy's from California
1: you can, you can go in and put a towel in every piece of equipment yeah, yeah. Listen, There's nobody we've we talked about that before
2: I no, get so, anything down
0: I get so pissed about these towels I go in I go in the gym at three thirty in the morning. There's towels, towels, towels. I go, where do I train? I got so pissed one day. I was going to bring a barbecue lighter in and start lighting towels, you know, as I went yeah, through the gym. Yeah, you know the problem was
1: you didn't do it.
0: The problem was there's cameras everywhere in the gym.
2: If you're from Maryland.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you just go over and you just click the towel what's off to the center of the floor.
2: What's with the towel? And if somebody it.
1: wants to come up and say, hey, man, what are you doing throwing my towel? I said, I threw your goddamn, oh, excuse me. I threw your gosh darn towel over to the center of the floor, uh, and uh, what do you want to do about it? So listen, why why are
2: there towels on the equipment?
1: To save it. They, you're not allowed to there's, use that piece of equipment if there's, there's a towel on it, Jimmy. Yeah. There's yes, a
2: couple of particular yes. members
0: in my gym that do circuits, and I'm telling you, the one particular person will put uh multiple towels on machine stuff and then and then you'll see her over on the cardio on the uh on the treadmill or something i'm going i'm just losing my mind you know i'm just holding it together i'm leaving next week don't have to deal with it again i leave all that behind or the lady uh, that
2: puts like 10 dumbbells in front of her Right in front of her bench, like yeah, the <laughs>
0: stuff that goes on in these gyms, man you got to have some you got to have some common oh, sense you you got to have I some like, self awareness. I like,
1: I, like, I like when they sit on the machines between sets and text. Oh my God, Lord! Right, they've got like three sets to do, so rather than get up between the set of whatever the chest press, they sit and they text. And then they do another sub-maximal set of whatever. Aren't they, they tired go-
2: of people? I go to the gym because I'm freaking tired. No, I
1: don't, I don't go to gyms.
2: So yeah, I'm not yeah, tired exactly. of
1: them. You know, you I, don't want to, I mean. I go to my garage. Yeah, just to get away, man. Anyway, what, what uh, were we talking about? Books. I don't even know. Great books. Are we're we done? About incredible books.
0: All right. Oh, so Okay, so wait a minute. You guys want to get into your your, your books, but are we done with this? I mean, With we're the
1: talking about a long methodology. Now. Plus, uh, we're, you know, if they really wanted to get into it, they would have uh, come to our seminar tomorrow, right, Jim?
2: In wonderful Gaithersburg, Maryland. Um,
1: like this place. Uh, I can't tell you, this is going to be a, uh, it's going to be like, a, um, it's be like Christmas. A, Vul- a a Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> Love it. Progressive resistance training. We're going to drill down. What are we talking about? teaching the press,
2: right? I got the press. You got me. I got the press i love uh, the press, but for uh, anybody that misses well, yes, this of for of anybody that it. misses this can get
0: a hold of you guys for online training
2: let's go we got some more we got some seminars coming up and, man
1: yeah yeah we're getting booked up people uh, we got some stuff going
0: on but i highly yeah. recommend especially if you're out in a rural kind of area or whatever as long as you got a a, a smartphone it's got video pictures you know they these guys will direct you on how to set it up for your squat and your bench and your deadlift, and it's not quite like them being there, but almost and they can critique you on each week on your techniques and, and tactics and things like this and uh, really get you dialed in it's a It's a good way to go, and you're really using Ur- some of the best guys in the world
1: The Europeans are going wild for Marty that's right um, yeah a lot of Europeans.
0: Yeah. But if anybody wants to get a hold of these guys, just uh, email Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at ironcompany.com. And, uh, uh,
1: the modern phone is such an incredible tool. It literally can put the coach in the room yeah. with the athlete on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I'm in the room with guys in England and Austria in germany and and we arrange it so that the the angle is such that i see their i see their top set right Right. then they describe it to me i've got the visual and i say ah what did you think about the degree of difficulty and they'll go oh a seven and i'm looking at this thing going man that was a nine and a half Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean so it's a great it's a great tool. It uh remote coaching is just light years better than what it was even five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Agreed.
0: And one of the advantages is too, you know, if uh Marty starts uh, a we catch we get You get just hang game. up on him.
1: We get games for <laughs> our people, you know? man. That's the thing. We get games for our people because it's it's just math. It's just each week you have the goal. Uh, we dial the goal in, we just stare, step it on up over yeah. the, the period of time and uh, we inc- always include some sort of a body weight thing. I think body weight is critical, some sort of a manipulation of body weight. I don't like the idea of, of um, altering strength but staying the same. It's um, I have a couple issues with some of the younger guys that, that train with us and they somehow think that if they you know, they're like six foot and 180 mm-hmm. and they think if they just hit the magical routine, their deadlift will increase from 425 to 600 Not without their body weight going up well, that's what I'm telling you know, a suit. And they, they, and, <laughs> you know, JP you are like a wet blanket on, on good thing you. Good thing I'm
0: not within uh, arms reach, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm just, I'm just saying they they, they they think that way, and it's like you know, and it's like you look great, you know. Why don't you put on ten pounds? Yeah, you're you're lean, and they're like, oh well, you know, I, I, I uh, they say things like, I want to keep my fighting weight, you know, cliche kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well. Uh, you know you might eventually hit 500 Mm -hmm. at 6-1 and 180 being kind of a you know i mean not really a i mean not a division one defensive back you know what i mean Mm -hmm. good athlete but not not prime stock good good stock not prime stock so it's like you know you could work work a long time and get somewhat better but they don't believe that they think that they just they haven't found the magic routine that will catapult them yeah. to like a four hundred bench a six hundred deadlift you know yeah. and it's like it's not there bro
2: yeah it's the squat workout where your ears bleed and then you drink a gallon of milk and it's <laughs> for five years of doing it
1: you know uh, at six one he might have to push his body weight to two twenty to get a six hundred pound deadlift. you know what I mean Let's see, I was five eight three twelve. so if I was 6one I'd be We're going to bring that up tomorrow. And yeah, and, and recently down to what, 204 for the bodybuilding? 198. 198, 198 for the bodybuilding. See, that's, that's incredible. That's what we're going to bring up. All right, JP. Uh, All right, All well, that? listen, the, the guys... What?
0: The guy's asked me not to refer to him as uh, the Siskel and Ebert anymore, so we're going to call him Hans and Franz.
1: Uh, Book review. Uh,
0: so, Hans. But you have to do it in a uh, Austrian accent.
2: Go. Who's going first?
1: Oh. Now, we're not doing any of that stupid stuff, JP. I know, but I'm <laughs> we're, not just- we're not even buying into your... your- you know, all right. So you want to talk about you books? don't, you don't yeah, understand. That's already, that's that these kids are so young, they don't even understand your Hans and Franz reference. Um, like, well that's we like from the that's 80s. All that they're, like, Go ahead. they're like, What? <laughs> all
2: right, who's going first? You. All right. Well, I'll tell you something interesting that I've been doing every night. I've been watching Laughing <laughs> from like 1970 to 1975, yeah. Yeah. and right, it's a history lesson. It's amazing
1: to me, right? Is that the Goldie with Goldie? Socket to me, Socket to me, Golden right? Socket to me. Was Flip Wilson on it?
2: He wasn't on. it. No, I haven't oh. seen Flip Wilson on there. Okay, it's, it's Dick Martin. It's Rowan. Yep, uh, yep.
1: Rowan and Martin, right? Rowan and
2: Martin. It's uh, Joanne Worley. It's yep. Yep. Uh, you know,
1: and the the, uh, the the guy always gets here Johnson. Artie Johnson.
2: Listen, Artie Johnson had me on the floor laughing the other night. But what's interesting? How is, is first of all, all the jokes a lot of them are political, right? Which you they don't do today. I don't think I don't watch much TV, but I don't think it's like that. And it's very like silly, you know, like like it's not this. Which was sort of relief, you know, not this yeah. wasn't black comedy and it it's, wasn't. It was
0: kind of innocent, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, wow, it, was,
0: it was innocent. Yeah. It was family yeah. type yeah. stuff. Yeah.
2: And then I'm watching like. Password Plus and Match Game from like 71 70. I read all these books about Vietnam. Now I was a kid then, right? So I don't remember much about it. About you know the political climate and the culture. It's fascinating.
1: Fascinating. And you're laughing your ass off.
2: Yeah. And the clothes and the different way they talk and the double <laughs> entendres and everybody.
1: Yes, ooh, genuine, genuinely funny.
2: Yeah.
1: Had to be genuinely funny and talented.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I've been doing that. Reading (laughs) Do you think that's strange, Marty?
1: Uh, No, I don't at all. I like that. You know, Jim, I do that too.
2: Um I've actually got cut off. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: What (laughs) what I'll do sometimes too is it's it's fascinating. I've watched uh Ronald Reagan debates with like Carter and How about uh, it? who was it, Mondale? And it's it's really neat to compare you know, they talk about all the, the crises and, and things that are going on around the world. And, and you compare that to what's going on now. You know, Iran was the topic back then. It is today. You know, oil and stuff like that. There's there's so many similarities that really have been around for so many years. But it's it's interesting just to go back in time like yeah. that and talk and and listen to you know what was what was on everybody's uh, radar back then whatever what the what the topics well, of conversation were
2: yeah what's really crazy is nobody's untouchable with the jokes make fun of white people make fun of black people make fun of indian everybody gets made fun of on these shows and i'm actually going you can't say that you can't say that
0: no <laughs> you you, hey you want to see that I, this, go to uh, dean martin he used to have a uh, a show what was it called? It was where they used to roast people. And they, oh, they would have Bob yeah. Hope on. They had Ronald Reagan on. They would have all these stars back in the day. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, it was really... You know, yeah. and they get pretty wild on those shows. It's, it's but it was a like, lot of politics and uh, a lot of yeah. racial stuff. You know, they had Sammy Davis Jr. on quite a bit. And he was great
2: on there. But Well, was, people could take a joke. People could take a joke. Now yeah. everybody's so freaking sensitive and they're in their... Oh, that's a trigger word. Give me a break. I got your trigger. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) No, but I mean, they all had such a great time together. And yeah, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I can't speak for Sammy, but he, you know, he seemed to have fun with it. I don't know what he was thinking in his head. You know, maybe he didn't like it. I don't know. But
1: uh... Uh, I apologize for the being out. There was a, did you guys hear the knock at the back door? Was it UPS? Yeah, no, well, we had uh, fuel oil, and the fuel oil guy was banging on the back door, and I was yeah. like, oh, my God, he's going to hear a So yeah. anyway, we're back. So is that I apologize. kerosene? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, fuel oil.
2: Yeah. The two books I'm reading, <laughs> Wildwood Boys by James oh. Carlos Blake, and what this is is a, a fictional, like historical fiction about the Missouri gor- gorillas.
1: Oh, those oh, are bad so civil good. civil war stuff, right? Exactly. Uh
2: those are bad boys. Yes. Yeah, Bill Quantrell and all them guys. Uh, Quantrell's Raiders. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, you know, and that's what uh Jesse um Outlaw Josie Wells, my favorite movie was sort of based off that he was supposed to be riding with those guys.
1: You know? Well, they were they were just uh stone killers and yeah. rapists and, and stealers and murderers and uh did they, they they came to a bad end didn't they
2: yeah they all did but you know well you know what's funny now there was a lot of stuff done to them too i'm not i'm not justifying stuff but you know it was a revenge stuff it was a lot of revenge on their farms being burned down their babies yeah. being killed and right yeah you know, right. that this missouri war was just crazy anyway and then also uh deadwood by pete dexter which is
1: uh, the book or the uh...
2: well, yeah so the movie is to- the the show is totally different he makes the point. I was reading an interview and he goes, You know, if, if you would have said those those curse words that, that Swearinger says all the time on the show, you'd get shot in the head. Right. Nobody was talking about, you know, around ladies like that. Nobody yeah. was doing that in public, you know. Um, but yeah, the book is great because he actually did a lot of research. So, uh, and I've always liked Pete Dexter's writing. Uh, he used to do features for Inside Sports, which I thought was a great magazine back in the 80s and 70s and 80s. Um, and then he wrote for Esquire a little bit too. Very, uh, you know, almost in the Hunter Thompson kind of uh, Gonzo
1: style. Hunter Thompson. Mm. Well, he had a couple of good years. Um, well, you know, that's what I'll tie it in. Uh, so, Hunter Thompson was an an interesting and influential guy. I would say that his Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was an excellent book Mm. and worth reading. Thompson was a huge fan of F. Scott Fitzgerald, particularly The Great Gatsby. Mm. He He was so taken with Fitzgerald that he typed the entire Great Gatsby. Wow. And they asked him why. And he said, I wanted to feel what it was like to create that masterpiece. Mm. Now, I thought The Great Gatsby was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't, you know, Tolstoy. You know what I mean? It was good, um, but Thompson was a was an important guy for me uh, as a writer because he kind of blew the doors off <laughs> acceptability, mm-hmm. right? He allowed you to. Uh, no one used the the wild adjectives like he did. Mm-hmm. It was like a custom car with flames on it. Mm-hmm. Right. In the way that he wrote. Yeah. Uh, and it was so different. Tom Wolfe was a little bit, had a little bit of that going on, like the, the candy colored custom dream flake band yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, but but Hunter and Hunter was really ripping it. There's another book called The Great Shark Shark Hunt, which is like mm-hmm. his short stories, and he's got some excellent short stories. You know, it's
2: funny he he would go to the Kentucky Derby and not watch the horse race. That's you know that was, and then he had and write an article about well,
1: it. That, that's where him and Ralph Steadman first yeah. got together. And, yep, and Stedman was all on these drugs and going, what well, the he, heck is going on? Stedman was a a straight guy, an artist from England that the magazine had designed to work with Thompson and Thompson doused him with LSD on unbe- unbeknowingly. So all of a sudden this, this straight English guy is walking around the Kentucky Derby with Hunter S. Thompson on acid. And they're like, he's like, here, take this mescaline tab here. Smoke this incredible weed here. Try this hash here. Drink this whiskey. Here, you, you know, and uh, and Thompson wrote about it. And before his, you know, he eventually melted his mind. Kind of at the end of his career, he was doing things like he'd give um, collegiate lecture at mm-hmm. y- Yale or someplace. And they'd pay him some incredible amount of money. And he'd bring out a fifth of wild turkey and he'd mm-hmm. open the bottle on the lectern. And when the fifth of wild turkey was gone, that's when the lecture was (laughs) over.
0: Sounds like our podcast, huh?
1: uh, Nah, this was bad. This was this was complete uh, meltdown. Uh, He really lost it. He really did not write anything worth a damn Uh, after he. He had about a five. five, Five year burst of really great stuff, really vibrant stuff. His political stuff was good, right? but about five years, and everything after that, he was just kind of living on his glory and his lifestyle and hanging out with Johnny Depp and uh, you know taking the the best drugs and drinking the the best booze and you know and and eventually at younger than me at age sixty five, he put a puts a bullet in his head. Why? Because Yeah, you know he's he's rich and he's famous but somehow he's miserable and it's like okay whatever
2: are you reading Uh, a book about him
1: no but it just occurred to me that uh thompson if uh, if you haven't read fear and loathing in las vegas that is a a really good funny book to read Mm -hmm. Uh, was
2: the movie any good
1: no, none of the movies were good. The Bill Murray movie was, it, it, they were all tried to, Buffalo yeah. And they all, uh, tried to romanticize it and it's not that it was hmm. not romantic at all. Um, it was debauchery and that yeah. should have been, that's the way it read and that's the way it should have been played. Uh, and the Great Shark Hunt, which is again this collection of stories, that is definitely worth reading. That's kinda before and after kinda and I think Fear and Loathing might actually be contained in the Great Shark Hunt. Okay. Uh, Fear and Loving is like two hundred and fifty page two twenty five pages, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so what else? Oh, I saw the uh Russian movie Stalingrad. Mm. Two and a half hour epic, and it was okay. It was um, I wouldn't recommend it. It was too um, consolidated around one unit and their travails during the, the Battle of Stalingrad. And I was hoping for something a little bit broader, um, kind of immerse myself in to this battle. That, so there's, yeah, a, read, there's a lot read. of really good. There's a lot of really good literature on it. And it was the, um, it was the deadliest military battle of all time.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you just read that book. i uh, reading a bunch of books um, yeah. on it. But uh, imagine two hundred and forty-seven thousand Germans killed. Right 91,000 taken captive, and they all died uh, the Russians lost 650,000. Mm-hmm. For every one German, four Russians died, and mm-hmm. the Russians didn't care. Yeah, right. They just overwhelmed them with, with manpower, and manpower and manpower and manpower and manpower. and they were hanging on by a thread. And it really was kind of a historic clash between, because if the Germans had won there and they had uh, wanted to push down the Caucasus and take over all the, the Russian oil and wrangle off the, uh, Russia ran on oil and Germany ran on oil and they wanted to steal their oil. Mm. If, they had, if they had done that, they certainly they certainly could have sued for peace and Germany, Germany could have ended up winning that war. So this is a real game changer that in the battle of Kursk, which happened uh, the following year. Those are the two key, key battles. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's a monumental reading. And again, I'll recommend it again is the the best book on it is the uh, enemy at the gate, which they made a movie out of with, um, uh, Which is named Ed. Uh, I can't remember his name. Ed Tall Jones. Jones. Yeah, Tall Jones. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that's enough on that. So that's what I'm doing. So JP, are you awake now? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you to sleep, buddy.
0: Uh, I went out and got lunch, and uh, that <laughs> worked out just perfect.
2: JP's reading Auto Trader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm reading all the invoices from this move that, uh, that oh,
2: Yeah man you gotta get your mind off and read a book.
0: All
1: yeah. right,
0: listen, I I got one more thing to say, and that's uh, check out Marty's weekly column Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Also pick up Marty's book Purposeful Primitive and Strong yep. Medicine at Iron yep. Company. You can also visit Iron Company for all your gym equipment needs. You need bars, plates, squat racks, rubber flooring. We've got everything. Yep. We're getting a lot of response you know, with this coronavirus right now. We're selling a lot of these wipes. You know, We sell these um, uh, disinfecting wipes and things like that. We're seeing an uptick in, in wipes. So if you need those by the case or whatever, we're a good source for them. We've got a bunch of different kinds, all surface wipes and everything for your equipment and your... Your, uh, you know, your locker rooms and things like that. Um, And then we've got new Jim Steele articles that can be found Uh, on on, uh -uh. uh, IronCompany.com, the article section. And Jim, we've got one coming up. What am I talking about? About nutrition,
2: about dieting, all the different diets I've done, what I found out about them, and oh yeah, which one may work for you?
0: Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I need, so I'll be reading that uh, that article. (laughs) uh also check out his website bassbarbell.com for training motivation and programs and you know see who's cut him off on the road lately see where he's hunting see what he's cooking he's got all kinds of stuff
1: on there so now we off next week
0: we're off next week so we'll be back yeah the following two
1: weeks two weeks yes sir Sounds good. All right, Jimmy, that was fabulous. Uh, we'll see you guys. Jimmy's communicating with a with a ten gallon hat. That's right. <laughs> Can you see that? <laughs> I'd love to. I'll see you tomorrow, Marty. All All right, right, boy. Guys. Yeah, that's right, Jimmy. I'll
2: see you tomorrow. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.